0: Praise the Lord, everyone. Uh, you may be seated if you would. God bless you. Thank you, praise team. It's good to be in God's house. If you're watching online, praise the Lord. Thank you for, uh, for uh, viewing and watching. Uh, here's what I'd like you to do. I know we're not into handshaking at this time, but I, I do want you to look around and find somebody that's decidedly better looking than you and wave at them. Would you do that? yes there's always one or two that says you know i can't wave i'm i just there's just nobody better looking than i so uh, i want to talk to you today about the the voice of freedom the, the fighting for the voice of freedom yeah there's always competing voices that that want to speak into our lives i remember when i first started going to church and i was uh I was uh, at church and, and the pastor gave an invitation and I went down to the altar and I knelt. Yes, an altar is like a bench that was out the front of the, of the churches and, and when you wanted to give your life to Christ, that was back before you could, you know, we understood that you could actually give your life to Christ there. You had to come up here. And, and there was an altar and I went down and I kneeled at the altar and I was praying to receive Christ. And there was two guys in the church, and they were really great guys, and, and I like them to this day. But one of them was on one side of me, and the other one was on the other side of me. And they were doing their very best to help me get connected with God. And one of them was over in my left ear saying, yield. And the guy on my right side was saying, press on. And all I could hear was, Yield press on yield press on and i had no idea what yield and press on meant i was confused so i finally just decided to to do what i knew in my heart to do and i blocked out everybody else and i focused on god and i received from him what I wanted and what I needed, and it transformed my life. See, there's always going to be voices, well-wishers, good people that will speak into your life and there are voices in our world there are voices in the church there are voices outside the church that want to tell you how to live they want to tell you how to act they want you to tell you how to speak they want you to tell you what you need to endorse and what you don't need to endorse but as many and, and they're speaking from their own voice of experience on how they believe life is and I want to speak to you today about how should we respond to the competing voices in our lives. There are many of them out there. And in when we live in a political time right now because there's an election coming up, uh, man, there there are as many opinions as there are people. And, and it's amazing. And, and, you know, and, and it's... Which one do you listen to? How do you listen to? Who should I listen to? Uh, and, it's, and it's voices from, from every, every radio station, from, from every, every uh, news outlet, from every, uh, every voice inside the church, outside the church. There are just voices bouncing off the walls, uh, and, and you can hear them constantly all the time. We're going to be speaking out of the book of Galatians, if you'd like to turn there, Galatians chapter 5. Because Paul addresses this issue to the church in Galatia. Now the church wasn't just one area, but it was, it was a, a compilation of many churches that met in houses, that met in, in different assemblies. So when we talk about the church in Galatia, we're talking about a wide variety of different different groups, of different people that were meeting together. And Paul gives this discourse in chapter 4 because there was a, a group of Judaizing Christians, those that had received Christ but still wanted to follow the law of the Old Testament. They wanted the Old Covenant And the new covenant. And Paul had gone in and established these churches in Galatia. And and they were were living by faith in Christ alone. And and then these other believers that came in. They said, yes, that Christ is the Messiah. But we must also follow the law. And and Paul Paul begins to address this energy. or, Or this topic. Because Christ followers had been listening to this voice of these these men that had come in and had distorted the gospel of of Christ. And and many were giving their their voice and their energy and their life, not only to Christ, but to adherence to the first covenant, to the Old Testament. And Paul talks about, in chapter 4, he talks about two different covenants two different perspectives and he goes back to Abraham the father of of the faithful and and he said that there were two there was a bond servant uh, which which uh, Abraham had uh, Hagar uh, by his by his own attempt to do God's will and then there was the child of promise the one that that was Isaac the one that that God said I will give you see and, and he begins to look at these two in the Old Testament and he begins to compare them that, that there is one way that man will want to try to accomplish God's will and then there is another way when you, when you follow the very spirit and the presence of God through faith. That's the child of promise. Notice that, that Ishmael the, the, and, and Hagar, they were... They were man's attempt to do God's will their way. I'm going to stay on this just for a moment. There are many things in this life that, that are man's attempt to do God's will their way. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You either work for God or you work with God. When you work for God, you're going to run into problems because man cannot accomplish the will of God. Man can see what needs to be done, but man cannot perform it. Man cannot function. Man cannot continue. Man cannot take what God needs to do alone and recreate it. It's impossible for humanity, for man alone, to redeem mankind. The child of promise was by faith and trust in him. And Paul's admonishment to, to the followers in, in Galatia and, and that, that same admonishment is to you and I today is to walk and to live and to act as children of promise, as children of faith, to follow after the Spirit of God. So today I'm not saying that the injustice in our society is something that we should turn from. I would rather say it is something that we need to turn toward. But what I am saying is that if you're looking for a solution to the problems that that our society faces, if you're looking for a solution for for the remedies of the ills of our world, if you're looking for the the answers to the questions that haunt humanity, you will not find them outside of of the cross of Jesus Christ. Man today does not have the answers. Man has never had the answers... Christ is the only one that offers redemption and transformation and and progress in the human condition. It's only through Christ. It's only through the new birth of being born again that we receive the Spirit of God in our life. And it's the Spirit of God that does true transformation. It's becoming a child of promise and not trying to work and, and trying to earn your own salvation or earn your own merit, but relying on Christ because it's not the the works that we can do alone because our works will stumble and fall, but it's the work that Christ did, because Christ redeemed, Christ pardons, Christ sets free, Christ makes the crooked path straight, Christ is the only one that illuminates life, and it's when we begin to follow passionately the the teachings and and the following of the Spirit in our life that we're transformed, and that's when and only when we can make a true difference in the world when we change the world around us changes let me say that again when we change the world around us changes and you say well i don't i don't need to change john said it this way in first john if you say you have no sin you're a liar that's pretty rough from the disciple whom jesus loved he just said listen if you say that you're perfect if you say that you have all the answers, if you say that there's nothing in you that needs to that doesn't need to change, that that you're that you are pretty much perfect, just the way you are, then you've missed the boat. Because here's the thing, the cross brings us justification. The cross of Christ, the blood of Christ. when you gave your life to Christ and, and He pardoned you and set you free, it's a legal term. It just simply says that you are right in the eyes of the law. Though you are guilty of the transgressions that you have done, Christ took that, and that penalty for you. You are right. In the eyes of the law. And it doesn't matter how guilty you are on the inside. Christ has set you free. You have been justified by grace. Does that mean that we're perfect? It does not. But there's a beautiful thing called sanctification. I love that word. I like any word that's more than one syllable. Uh, Sanctification is the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's the transformation on the inside that manifests itself on the outside. And it's done through the work of the Spirit in our lives. When the Spirit of God speaks to us and we, and we repent or we recant or we, or we say, God, I, I believe what the Spirit is saying in my life. It aligns with your word and, and I walk away from it. And that in itself is the work, the progress of the Holy Spirit in us. Have you ever thought that you were right on something and then realize you're wrong on something? I've heard people that were like that, I've never had it myself, but um, it's important to understand that, that as Christians we cannot just rely on the justification of Christ. But if you want to make a difference, if you want to be a transformational agent, if you want to be a catalyst for change. You must allow the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit to transform you, to challenge you, to provoke you, to move you to be more like Christ. And as you and I become more like Christ, then we are living as the children of promise and we can make a difference in our world. This is what Paul says in Galatians 5 after he talks about the, uh, the two he says it was for freedom that Christ set us free don't you love that it wasn't for pride it wasn't for his own prestige it wasn't for anything other than God wanted you to be free free from what free from sin free from death free from the bondage of this world Free from everything that holds you back from becoming who you really are in Christ. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. He says, therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Uh, And I I was thinking about that. See, a a yoke of slavery. What is a yoke of slavery? He's talking about trying to earn your own salvation and trying to, to live up to a set of ideals apart from the Spirit of God. See, there was nothing wrong with the law in the Old Testament. In fact, the law in the Old Testament was perfect. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Honor your father and mother. There is nothing wrong with that. The law was perfect. The problem was humanity. Humanity can never live up to the law. The law in itself is not wrong. In fact, it's right. It's 100% right. But it was humanity that was trying to live up to it. And every time that humanity tries to, to do things on its own and we try to, to make wrongs right apart from God, we always fall short. And we end up messing it up worse than it ever was. Let me give you an example. World War I. None of us were alive during that time. But World War I... Germany, Prussia, they, they decided they wanted to conquer the world. That's a, that's a repeating theme, I think. But, but after the war was over, the opponents of, of Germany wanted justice. And they wanted to measure out penalties against Germany for starting the war and they did and they did so against some other voices but they did so and they were so egregious and so difficult and so arduous and so impossible to uphold that the German people became frustrated and they became angry and gave rise to a man named Adolf Hitler and brought us right in to World War II what man tried to do to keep and to and to pay back for World War I actually led us in to a second World War and we as God's people can can we can we can mess things up Even more so than what they really are if we begin to act on our own apart from the presence of God. So don't allow your mind to become captive by the competing voices in our world. Don't allow your mind to be... be, enslaved by by those, the talking heads in the media. Uh, I don't care if they're left wing, right wing, no wing. I don't care. It doesn't really matter. Don't allow any voices inside the church, outside the church, in our culture, out of our culture to influence you apart from the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to direct you. Allow the presence of God to lead you and allow the The transforming power of the presence and spirit of God to change you, to quicken you, to challenge you, to be more like Christ. And as you and I become more like Christ, you will be the light in the darkness. You are a city set on a hill. You are the salt of the earth. But you can't do both. You can't do both. Paul goes on to say, uh, he said, I I say to you that if you receive circumcision or the Old Covenant, Christ will be of no benefit to you. You cannot earn your salvation with Christ. And 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 I've met so many people that try to do right to get to God, and you'll never be good enough, and you can never do enough good. You say, well, why do Christians do right? because we have Christ, not to get to him. It's an important difference. It's an important distinction. And what we try to do, what we try to challenge ourselves by following the presence and the spirit of God in our lives. Have you ever met somebody that had an issue in their life that you had no problem with? no you had no problem yourself you had a problem with the issue they had you look at them and say gosh I can't believe that they actually have that problem what kind of sinner are they but you know what's amazing about that I know I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, sometimes I preach sometimes I teach and sometimes I just meddle and I'm doing a little meddling today You know, they say don't point fingers. Those that live in glass houses, don't throw stones. Every single one of us, if you're a child of God, you are a work in progress. And if we ever think that we've arrived, you know when you are going to arrive? When the trumpet sounds. And you get that new body that has no carnal nature when you finally rid yourself of sin that's when you'll have made it but until then we're striving and until then we're working and until then i'm going to promise you this that you are going to have some stumbles and you're going to fall in your walk with god You're going to be challenged by the Spirit. You're going to be provoked by the Spirit. You're going to be be challenged by the Word of God. You're You're going to be reading something in the Scripture and it's going to hit you and it's going to go, wow, I didn't see that in me. And at that moment, you have an opportunity to renounce it and to walk on. But if we don't, think that we have anything in our lives we will never see what the spirit is saying so we can't follow both we can't try to do it on our own and follow christ so my brothers my sisters The only thing that I can uh, tell you today is to follow Christ, to lean on him. Learn to hear the voice of the Spirit. I actually had some people years ago. I was preaching once, and I, was, and, I, and I said, you know, the Lord spoke to me and was saying this. And, and after service, they said, do you actually believe God speaks to you? And my thought was, he doesn't speak to you? Oh, that's so sad. Maybe you ought to be saved. God speaks. Scripture says that his sheep know his voice. God's going to speak to you in a way that you understand. It, and you say, well, is it an audible voice? It may be. It may be th- through something you read. It may be through something you see. It may be through something you hear. But you can tune in and hear the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord will always encourage you, will always uplift you, will always challenge you to, be, to come up higher, to do better, to be who he has called you to be. Paul goes on to say in Galatians 5, 4, he says, if you continue to follow and try to live for God your way, he said, you have been severed from Christ. That's rough. Severed from Christ. Why? Because your attempts at, at morality and God's, and, and God's true holiness are too Different things. Paul's emphatic in in Galatians 5, 4. He said that that we have to keep our eyes on Christ alone. And any actions we take apart from Christ will avail nothing. Why? Because our our motivation has to be love. Love. John 3, 16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave. His motivation was pure love for humanity. 1 Corinthians 13 says that anything that we do apart from love will avail nothing. Look what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 22. Now that you have purified yourselves... I love that. Purified yourselves... How? By obeying the truth that you have sincere love for your brethren. You can purify yourself by being obedient to the word of God, to the spirit of God, to the presence of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that leads to the solutions that we are seeking in our lives. Galatians 5.5 5 says, how should we live then? He said, for we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. Waiting for the hope of righteousness. You know what righteousness is? It's doing the right thing. It's being right all the time. Don't you love that? There's going to be a day that you are going to be truly Righteous, that every thought, every action that you have will be right. That does that scare you? But Paul says two things, and in, in, in closing, he says this: For we through the Spirit, spirit being opposed to the flesh, it's the spirit and the flesh and he said we through the spirit act we're challenged we're inspired we're motivated that we through the spirit by faith it's either faith or the law we follow the spirit of God by faith in our lives and as we begin to follow the spirit we begin to understand that, that, that our attempts outside of the Spirit will never lead to the justice and righteousness and equality that we want to see in our world, in our lives, in our family, in our church. So what can we do? We live by faith. We trust in the work of the cross. We trust in the work of the cross more than any work that we can do on our own. We allow the work of the cross. We allow that sanctifying progress in our life to transform us, to shape us, to mold us. We allow our minds to be renewed by the power of the Spirit and the regeneration of the Word of God. We allow ourselves to be transformed from who we are think we are to who God says we are. We allow ourselves to be uh, the children of the promise, the children of God, that we renounce the things of this world and we begin to walk and follow after Christ with a passion. And this is not in the notes, and I'm, but I'm just going to say it anyway. And, if, and um, if you have sensitive ears online, you can turn it down. I think what's been amiss in our culture, in our society, in the church, is we've been following and trying to do for God on our own. Because doing for God on our own does not require us to change. Have you noticed that changing is difficult? Change is hard. It's easier to work for God than it is to dig deep and work with God. And allow the presence of God to change us and to change our hearts and to change our minds and to change the way we think and change the way we act and change the way we feel. Because it's hard. It's difficult. There's a surrender in that process that that we must decrease, that he may increase. that, That it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And we'll never get there, and we'll never reach that, and we'll never attain uh, that, that passion and zeal in our life if we continue to hang on and try to do things for God and, and, and not do things with God. If there's one thing about this COVID, well, there's two things about this COVID-19 that, that I actually appreciate one is I have got to spend a lot of time around my family and I like that a lot and the other thing is it has stripped a lot of Christian lives to the bare bones and has caused followers of Christ to look squarely in the mirror and see that church is about passionately following Christ and it's about loving one another. It's not about buildings, it's not about programs, it's not about singing, it's not about uh, the special services that we can have, it's not about the potluck dinners, although I do love potluck dinners. it's all. It's not about any of those things, and those things are not bad within themselves, but if we replace what God wants to do with the things we want to do, we all miss the mark, and I look at the church in America, and I see an uprising. I see a swelling of the Spirit of God in people's lives. I see people being transformed, and they're, they're walking out of those things that they've allowed themselves to be in, and they're saying, I am a passionate follower of Christ, and I love people and I want to see salvation brought to humanity man there's something in that I want to challenge you today allow the work of Christ to have full effect in your life realize that you cannot do it it's only through the passion of Christ the work of Christ that we're challenged we're transformed We're getting ready to go into communion. Communion is all about remembering what Christ has done for us. Sometimes we stop at the cross and say, Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross. Thank you for justification. But it it doesn't stop there, that's the beginning of our journey. It's the life beyond the cross. That we look back and say, God, I thank you I, I thank you for the work of the cross. But the work of the cross has a full effect when we allow the, the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. We allow the word of God to, to get in us and, and begin to motivate us and challenge us and change us. And, and change the DNA within us. And today, uh, I want to encourage you as, as we partake in communion. That we... Thank the Lord for, for dying on the cross, for giving, shedding his blood that you and I can have eternal life, that when that trumpet sounds, we are going to, to be with him, that the dead in Christ shall rise, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's going to happen. That's not a fairy tale. That's not a figment of someone's imagination, but it's truth, it's real, and it's going to happen. We are passionate followers of Jesus Christ because we said he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. That he is the one that died for our sins and he is the one that rose again to grant eternal life to anybody that will ask. That's why we're here. That's why we we come together and we say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. But I wonder today, as our, as our band comes back. I'm going to ask uh, Dennis and Dean. Dean, would you come and serve on this side? Dennis, would you come and serve on this side? I wonder today, as we prepare for communion, if we could look Not just at what Christ has done, but what Christ is doing. And you say, well, I don't know if Christ is doing anything in my life or not. Yes, he is. And I know that because you're still alive. Because the Bible says in Philippians 1.6 that you can be confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you shall perform it. He's continually working in you every single day of, of your life. So if he's not working in your life, that means you've reached perfection. And if you reach perfection, you're not here. So what is the Lord working in your life? I want to turn it on his head a little bit. Sometimes we look at the things that the Lord is challenging us and we think, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to yield to that. I don't want to give in to that because it's I like. How I think, I like how I feel, I like what I do. But do you realize that the Lord only asks us to give things and change, and challenges us to to be more in His image? Because He knows that what He has is far greater than what we have. Think about your life before you knew Christ. Paul said we were lost. Well. How many times have we prayed and said, God, I'm so thankful that even in my imperfection, I know you love me. I know you care. And I know that should I part this world today that I would have heaven as my home. What a joy. What a comfort that is to know that Christ loves us that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And ask yourself, what is God speaking to me? What is God transforming in me? And perhaps, just perhaps, we could have the same voice that King David had where he said, create in me a right heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me call to God's people a clarion call to rise to be who Christ says we are not on our own but through simple obedience to the spirit through faith the Lord's table is open to whomsoever will so as they sing I will invite you to come as you are ready take.